0: Welcome, everybody, to the BetUS NBA show. Let's see if I can do it right, guys. I am joined here by Josh C., Alex Christensen, and I am Chris Farley. And yes, we're not playing musical chairs here or anything, but uh, Kate Constable, she's still she's still away. Uh, this is outrageous. We don't know where she is. No, I'm just kidding. She'll, she'll be back next week. But for today, I am your host of this show, joined, as always, by these two great handicappers. Uh, guys, we are coming off a two-game night. Where two series ended, right? We went two and two on the show. Uh, and now we know we got some setups for the next round because we know, Josh, will start with you. We're going to have the Boston Celtics, your Celtics, against the Milwaukee Bucks. Let's not even talk. I mean, you talk about the Bulls if you want, but I'm, I'm kind of done talking about the Bulls. I want to hear how you feel about that series. Uh, that should be a fantastic matchup all throughout.
1: Well, I feel a lot more optimistic after the news. Chris Middleton's likely going to miss the entire series because he seems to just have career night after career night against Boston for whatever reason. Uh, I I think it's going to be a lot more noticeable not having him in the rotations against the Celtics, obviously, given Boston's wing presence and the impact he has at both ends of the floor um, in that regard. So that, I think, is a huge, huge out for the Bucs, uh, I have bet Boston minus one and a half games in the series quite largely, uh, plus 145. Um, I think it, that, that number is outrageous. All things considered, uh, there's a good chance that the Celtics can get it done in five before things go well. Um, uh, I like that matchup a lot, to be perfectly honest. So, look, there's no doubt that, obviously, Giannis is the biggest factor on the floor and he's going to cause all sorts of headaches. Uh, but after Giannis, I think, you know, the next sort of three... Biggest dilemmas on the floor, if you want to call them that, and matchup advantages all sit with Boston. So, yeah, I, I'm pretty confident, as you can tell. I'm pretty bullish, and I will be riding them pretty aggressively. I imagine throughout the series as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, the Bucks have been my number one team in the East all season. And I've been pretty bullish on them making it to the finals again. But I'll tell you, that margin is becoming thinner and thinner between them and, and the Celtics, and it's it's really tough to say that any team is better than the boston celtics the second half of the season and all the consistency that we've seen um alex move this over to you the denver nuggets they fought hard last night uh close game till the end but golden state pulled it out uh steph curry with a goodbye denver shot at the end uh so now the golden state warriors move on denver is done what would you think about that game and uh, you didn't have any bets on that one did you I don't have
2: any bets on that one. I did have Denver to win this series under the expectation that maybe Curry wouldn't possibly be as good as this and completely, you know, um, freaked out by how good Jordan Poole was, but a really interesting game. The Nuggets actually going into the fourth quarter with a lead and you see the Warriors kind of reach back 32 points for them, only 20 for the Nuggets in the fourth quarter. Uh, You know, Nikola Jokic is definitely going to go into the postseason with a, a sour taste in his mouth and, Curious to see what happens next year. Hopefully, Jamal Murray can get healthy. Hopefully, Michael Porter Jr. can figure something out with that back. They continue to be a really interesting team. But the Warriors have looked great. And, you know, if Jordan Poole can still be a good player, Steph Curry can continue to play better and play more minutes. Uh, I don't think we've seen anything from Memphis or Minnesota, who we'll talk a little bit more about later, to think that we're not going to see Golden State here in the conference finals. And, you know, with Phoenix kind of struggling here with the Pelicans and missing Devin Booker, things are looking a little more interesting every day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then one of those teams, Timberwolves and Grizzlies, are going to have to face the well-experienced Warriors in the next round. That's going to be interesting. Those are two young teams. Uh, So we'll see what happens in that series. So two series ended last night. Three series could end tonight. I don't think they will. Uh, But let's move on to our records before we talk about those games. Let's see here if we can bring them up. Guys, I I did a little number crunching. And if you don't include the pushes... We're hitting at about 53%, which close to 800 picks. That's pretty darn good. Uh, If you include the pushes, around 52%, but still, uh, I mean, that's a lot of picks. So we're over that 50% mark, still marching on. Let's get a few more of those Ws tonight. All right, let's move on to the first game, which we'll talk about, is the Phoenix Suns now traveling to New Orleans to take on the Pelicans. Pelicans are two-point dogs at home, totals at 214.5. Uh, Alex, I'll start this one with you. (sighs) CP3 was looking awfully taxed in that last game, especially at the half. Uh, Suns still pull it off, but it does not seem like these Pelicans fear the Phoenix Suns. I don't think any of us have a play on this game, but how are you approaching it if you have any
2: leans? Uh, Cautiously looking to bet Phoenix at some point. It's been a really strange series for them. Now They did end up winning that game by about 15 points. It was pretty solid all the way through. But as you mentioned, it took really a Herculean effort from Chris Paul, which is odd. I-, I thought that maybe there'd be a little more big men in play given how hard it's been for them to control the boards. They were able to keep the possessions pretty much even last night, which has, you know, been the huge advantage for New Orleans. When New Orleans is playing well, you know, they're getting more offensive rebounds. They're turning the ball over less. But overall, Phoenix looked good. I expect them to win this game tonight. I thought maybe, again, about betting them showing a little bit of value, but it's been so hard for me to get my finger on the pulse of this series, and New Orleans just continues to have a really solid starting five and come out and just play the small advantages they have. So I do think the Suns win and close it out tonight, but a Pelicans win would not surprise me.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all either. That game could have ended differently. A lot of those shots by Brandon Ingram at the end kind of going around the rim and out, you know, could have been even closer towards the end there. Uh, The Pelicans is certainly not going to – play any less hard at home uh josh what do you got on this one any leans on the total maybe i mean we're seeing some some slower games overall the totals has kind of remained the same around 214 um any any leans in that direction or just in this game overall
1: Yeah, the the totals a tough one. I I just still lean towards the under. I think it's like a lot of the series can can, going to continue slowing down as as each passing game goes through. I I kind of want to pull the trigger on the Suns as well. I think they get it done here. Good teams just figure things out the longer a series goes on. And I think that the Suns are slowly figuring out what needs to be done against the Pelicans. And like Alex said, it's it's about minimizing those extra possessions for New Orleans above all else. And, you know, you do that and you give yourself immediately a much better chance. And uh, that comes as well with controlling the tempo of this one and playing a lot of half-court sets, not letting the Pelicans' offense get out in transition. Uh, simple adjustments that they did make for the most part, I thought, in Game 5, and that if they can implement again and and tidy things up even a little bit more uh, they should be able to control this one wire to wire as well and play from in front and if they're playing from in front and in the elimination game uh, i'm not sure the pelicans are going to be able to rally the way that they have in game so far both in the plane and this one so for me, again, not getting involved, lean towards the Suns. I do think there's a little bit of value there. But, yeah, much the same, like the two of you have said, this is sort of that one series where I really struggled to kind of keep a finger on the pulse and work out exactly the game scripts of each individual one as they come along.
0: Yeah, it's another one of those games where I wonder if we're all going to be like, duh, we should have chose the Suns, just close it out tonight. You know, they've been proving it all year, but, man... These Pelicans are feisty. Alvarado is, is uh, certainly feisty. So we'll see what happens tonight. Uh, no plays on this game, so we will move on to the second game on tonight's slate between the Utah Jazz and the Dallas Mavericks. Mavericks heading to Utah. This is a pick 'em now, and the line is at two ten and a half. Um, I'll talk about the angle that I have in this game right from the jump here. You know, no total in the first quarter has surpassed even forty eight points. Uh, we're seeing just very slow action in the beginning of these games. Like we mentioned before in this show, they're basically walking up the court, not a lot of pace. And it looks like the intensity at the beginning of these games is amounting to a lot of really tough defense, especially on those perimeter shots. Not easy to get points at the start of these games. So I'm going to go with under 54 in the first quarter. But Josh, I know you and I are on the same side of another bet here. Uh, you like the Mavericks tonight. Tell us more about that. Yeah,
1: it's hard not to like Dallas after I think what we saw in Game Five, Utah's issues, if you will, coming to the fore again. Uh, defensively, I just think that you know they're vulnerable to what Dallas do really well, and when they have that Luca and Jalen Brunson guard out uh, guard rotation out there, especially when they share the floor, you have two guys that can penetrate. Uh, and, and force the defense to have to make decisions because both are extremely comfortable living in the mid range. Both are efficient living in the mid range. And then, of course, you know, if the defense does overcommit and, and collapses in on them, they're both terrific playmakers. They can find their guys you know, from corner three, which they've done basically time and time again throughout the duration of the series. So the Mavericks' shot quality metrics are going to continue to be high, in my opinion. And I just think you know, if they make their shots, then we could have another game where they play from in front by double digits for the majority once again. Um, Utah's offense, I think yeah, it's not what it was. I think it's fair to say in seasons gone by under Quinn Snyder, it's become a little bit more ISO heavy, a lot more sort of pick and roll heavy with less ball movement to match. And the Mavs are having no problem sort of, you know, sticking to their man on the perimeter and to uh, prevent Utah from being able to get to the rim and use whatever advantage they have inside with Rudy Gobert. So, I like Dallas all, all across the board here. I think both sides of the floor, they're, they're pretty dominant, and I expect that to come to the fore uh, for game six, even in, a, in an arena, excuse me, where Utah have been pretty good for the majority of the season. But uh, I think it's also fair to say Dallas will feel like they should have won both games in Utah already this, uh, this series.
0: Yeah, going to be a fight, uh, no doubt, but I would not be surprised if the Mavericks got off to another quick start. Um, I'm on the same side as you are with this one, Josh. Um, Alex, let's talk about the line movement a little bit on this one. Obviously, it was initially in the Mavericks' side, and then Donovan Mitchell was announced that he's playing, so we saw a move back towards the Jazz. Now it's back on the Mavs at a lot of books, too. Um, any, any insight about that? And as we spoke to before, these games are going awfully slow, 91 possessions per game. Uh, any thoughts on the total?
2: Yeah, I think in general, that line movement, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. Donovan Mitchell being in gets it to kind of where it starts the day. It looks like Dallas is slowly taking money, but it's a move from a pick at minus 110 sure. to minus one. I'm seeing it like minus 105. It's effectively like a five-cent move. Not really a big deal there, which surprises me a little bit. I feel like there should be a lot of money coming in on the Mavericks. I mean, any Tom Dick or Harry looking to get a bet down tonight is going to go back and look at 102.77 and go, oh, well, the Jazz shot really poorly but dallas didn't shoot well at all either they only shot 27 from three i mean yeah. they got some extra possessions up there but Utah is much more comfortable at home. I wonder if there is going to be some sort of last-ditch effort here to try to get the pace up in this game. Like you said, they've just been really, really slow games and at home, Utah likes to take advantage of that altitude a little bit, you know, try to tire these guys out and we know that Luka historically has maybe had a little bit of trouble closing out series on the road. So, I think Dallas by all accounts is the better team, has been playing better basketball, but just a few kind of little things holding me back here. Honestly, I'll probably end up with a Mavericks ticket at some point anyway
0: yeah you know it's interesting i always think about the altitude when it comes to like the denver broncos but i kind of forget that that's still true um you know in places like utah and places like denver for the nuggets so uh interesting points about that one we'll see what happens another three to two series where the uh team in favor has won three games on the road just like every game tonight uh let's move on to the next uh we don't have any Oh yeah, we do have bets on that one duh Let's cover. See, this is what Kate Constable has a big job. There's a lot to do uh, between every game here. Uh, Josh and I on the Mavericks. I'm on the first quarter under. All right, let's move on to the 76ers visiting Toronto to take on the Raptors. Raptors have now won two straight games. Alex, you know I got to go to this one. Uh, I got to go to you for this one first. Now, two teams who have collectively shot 27.6% from beyond the arc in the last three games. Playing at a slow pace, but that Raptors defense has improved. They are one and a half point dogs at home tonight. Totals at 209 and a half. What is your play on this? And Alex, what is your level of concern that this is going to turn into a seven game series for your 76ers? <laughs>
2: I'll approach it maybe from a bigger situation I have a play here on the under I mean these games have just been an absolute slog the pace here um, you know in the low 90s and even when the pace was as high as 98 we were still only getting up to 220 given the way these teams shoot the ball but I don't quite feel like the boy and old yeller at this point but I look at the Sixers team and this is a no-lose situation for me. Either they win this series and continue to advance, or they get put out of their misery. Glenn Rivers is gone, and I cashed my silly series bet from beforehand. But, I mean, if you think about it, this this is the culmination of Glenn Rivers. This is everything that he has tried to do. If anyone should blow a 3-0 lead in a series, it should be Glenn Rivers. So, I'm, I'm ready for pain. There is maybe <laughs> cleansing in that pain. I don't know. It's, you know... No growth without suffering or whatever it is. I'm trying to be optimistic about it, but I think it's going to be an ugly basketball game, and I'm going to be super nervous. If the Sixers can't win tonight, that is not going to be a stadium in Philadelphia in Game 7 that they want to play in.
0: Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Uh, one of the toughest crowds in all of sports for any in any city. Um, yeah, this is going to be a great game tonight. I have a feeling this one's going to be a little better, Alex. So, so let's just stick with that. Uh, Josh, do you have any plays in this game? And he looks at the total. Alex, Alex spoke to the fact that these have been really slow games. I agree with that too. Right. I mean, down in the lower nineties for the pace, along with the Mavericks and jazz series too. So what do you got on this one?
1: Yeah, I agree with both of you. This is going to be a true rock fight. This, this is an unders through and through, in my opinion. Uh, I think the the pace says one thing, but not just that. I think the uh, situation as well is going to play its part. You're going to get a, a tense and tired 76ers team. And if things start going against them, uh, you know, they're not exactly going to loosen up on the floor either. And uh, that, you know, that can culminate in long stretches of pretty ugly basketball, I think, for them. But also defensively you know they're still going to be able to do enough I don't think the Raptors offense is necessarily terrific so uh yeah I think we get long stretches of play with very minimal baskets being scored and looking at the number I think it's way too high I honestly thought this one would come out closer to about a 204 uh, as fair price and even then I would still lean towards an under um you know maybe that's what we get for game seven should we get there but yeah, I think that this is one of those games, one of those series in particular, where each game just somehow manages to get slower and slower, even when you think that it's hit, you know, its its lowest point before coming back up. Um, you know, we get a another example, I think, of where things in the playoffs, the later that they go, uh, teams start to get a little bit tense and really focus in on those half court sets, and there's a lot more urgency in getting back in transition defense to ensure that no easy buckets are getting, being given up because points become at a premium. So. This kind of highlights that. Uh, I think that there's tremendous value here on the under. It's probably my top look uh, for tonight, I think it's fair to say. If there is a Game 7, though, um, like Alex said, I'll be very interested to see what the atmosphere is like in that arena because I think it could get quite toxic quite quickly, which uh, might feel like a home game for Toronto by the end of it.
0: Yeah, maybe not so accommodating for James Harden either. Uh, well, I guess, you know, one other thing to note about this too, is, I mean, you guys, you know, none of us are physical therapists. We're not doctors, at least not that I know of. Um, you know, uh, at least, at least, at least Alex has a lot of, a lot of expertise, but do you guys think that this Joel and B's ligaments in his thumb, I mean, this has to be affecting him at this
2: point, right? I mean, it's, it, it certainly seems like it has. It's hard to hold on the ball when your thumb hurts. I think we've all played enough basketball to know that. And yeah, I think he's maybe adjusted a little bit. But you definitely saw the first game. You know, he was getting the ball knocked out of his hand a little bit more. He's been a little more protective of that hand. Because that's the other thing too. It's not just hard to hold on to the ball. If somebody on defense comes through and whacks you on that hand, definitely. you're walking around in, in pain. You know, for the next couple of minutes, it it can be a real problem. I mean, uh, there's a lot of things going on for the Sixers, but Joel Embiid's thumb is probably not top five reasons that they they might blow this series. I'll at least say that.
0: Well, you know, no to Joel Embiid and maybe every other NBA player, you know, maybe don't talk trash to Nick Nurse on the sidelines uh, or else, you know, this is this is the, uh, the comeback that you're going to get. All right. Well, me and me and Alex are both on the under in this one. I don't even know if I mentioned that, but I, I, I agree with everything Alex said um, on the under. Oh, Josh is on it, too. That's right. We have across <laughs> the spectrum agreement here. You know, sometimes that's worked out very well for us in the show. Sometimes is this it the, first time, is it the first time we've all been in agreement on a total? I know we've done it on the line. It might oh, be. Okay. Let's it say. Might it be. Is. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. In the postseason, for sure.
0: I got to say, I was shocked that it came out. What was it, like 211? 211 and a half? I mean, that was real high. Uh, which, I mean, in the regular season doesn't feel high. It feels high now. All right. Well, let's move on to the final game that we're going to talk about, which is a Friday game. Uh, there will be no BetUS NBA show tomorrow. We'll, we'll miss you all. Uh, but this is the lone Friday game, so figured we would talk about it today. Another three and two series with Memphis in the lead of the series, heading on the road back to Minnesota as one-point favorites. Total is 229. And guys, this feels like—I mean, it feels like it should be a Friday game, right? Is there these are 24-year-olds jumping out the gym? A lot of mistakes, uh, just a lot of things going on. Just a crazy series in general. Josh, let's we'll start with you. Um, do you think that you'll have any bets uh, or any liens, at least, on this on this game tomorrow night?
1: Yeah, I will have bets on it. Uh, unfortunately, didn't get to lock them in before the show. But I'll be on Memphis again, I think. Uh, this is one of those situations where I've kind of just, like, tied my own noose here. And I kind of live, need to live with the outcome. Memphis, I think, get the job done. I'm going to keep writing them here. It's a series that's given me nothing but headaches. So I would love for it to just be over with uh and the grizzlies get the job done i'll probably be whether it's a team total under or whether it's a full game under i think that that number still probably a little bit high uh this one of those series where it started off like a regular season game in game one and each passing game has just gotten slower and slower especially as the game wears on so likely be on an under likely be on a grizzlies ticket i think for this one i'm hoping memphis gets it done i just want this series over and done with. Uh, so that we can start prepping for that next round because Memphis Golden State, I think, will be a ton of fun. Yes.
0: And the more this series goes on, these totals have dropped too. I mean, I think part of that is just because all the mistakes we're seeing on the floor, I don't know. But there's, there's just a lot of bad, you know, I don't know, a lot of bad shot making, a lot of blown layups. I'm not sure what's going on there. But, Alex, anything else to offer about this game? I mean, can you trust the Timberwolves? Talk about a split personality team. Uh, I'm, not, I'm just not sure I can trust this team.
2: I think that it, it, you know, we talk about the series quite a bit. The style of play, the way that we have these two offenses. If you look at the pace for every other series, for most series, it's in the 90s. You have a few series where there's one game in the hundreds, a few series where there's two. Welcome to Memphis, Minnesota, 105, 102, (laughs) 100, 103, 107. And the turnovers are just unbelievable, 28, 28, 34, um, what is this, 32, and then 38 in the last game. They are running up and down the floor, getting the ball, and when you have – That much, you know, chaos and variance in what's going on and the way that either one of these teams is capable of having a hot shooting night, really anything is possible. And you start to look at both of these games, I think part of the reason that we've seen unders do a little bit better. You haven't seen the shooting lineup for both teams, particularly on any night, Um, you know, last game in game five, you look, both teams, I'm sorry, game four was yeah, game four, basically, they lined up a little bit. You saw the game get to, you know, uh, 237, somewhere in that range. But if you can see the shooting finally start to get a little bit better here, I like the over, but I think you're right. Being that they're younger players, there's just, I think, a little bit of nerves here. That's why you're seeing a ton of turnovers. And, again, the shooting has just been really poor for both teams, even from the free throw line. They're both down from their receiver season averages there. Lean Memphis, again, it feels... In a way, kind of like the Phoenix-New Orleans game where I like the favorite, you know, to kind of close out the series. But there's just a lot of uncertainty there now for much different reasons here. Again, I think in in these games, as we've seen, anything's kind of possible night to night.
0: Yeah, I feel like Memphis is the right side, too, along with Josh. I just, I don't know if I can pull the trigger on this series anymore. It's just, whew, it's crazy. Um, so let's move on to some Q&A. Uh, I got a few questions coming in here. Thank you, everybody who... Asks us questions and please keep on sending them in if you have any more. As we said, this is the last uh, show of the week. So first question here from Tawny: Jay Crowder finally made a three last game and he scored nine, <laughs> and he scored nine points. How do you feel taking him for the over nine and a half total points tonight? Josh, I'll just segue this into the next question or the third question because you can't. You know, we're not going to let you off the hook here, unfortunately. Do you like that prop or do you like any other props tonight?
1: Uh, I
0: don't know if I necessarily
1: love that prop. Even you know, with Devin Booker out, it's not like his usage has exactly gone up. They sort of spread it elsewhere. Um, his role, I think, is pretty defined in that offense. So uh, unless you're sort of banking on him being extremely efficient every time he shoots the basketball, you're probably not going to get a ton of opportunity for him to clear that number. Uh, Looking at the other games on the board, though, I I mean, just based on how I think a lot of these games are going to play out, I'd be looking at more unders than overs tonight, especially in Philadelphia, Toronto, maybe aside from like Pascal Siakam, I wouldn't want to be getting involved in an under for him. Uh, But, you know, no one is no one specifically standing out to me on the board, but I think that that's probably the best way to attack it. And the same for Memphis, Minnesota tomorrow. I, I think actually a few unders in that game probably worth looking at as well just given uh the situation circumstances and like alex said the way that it is very much uh, rocks and diamonds shooting it seems from at least one of those teams if not both of those teams on the night yeah,
0: i feel like in general it's not very popular to look at unders for props but might might be the way to go for a lot of these games tonight uh, another question coming in from colby give this one to you Alex the Suns and the Pels first quarter under 52 and a half these first quarters have been really slow paced and that's mostly on the Phoenix side what do you think about that play
2: I like that I had it modeled out closer to 51 so show a little bit of value in the number I um, think that's a good play
0: All right awesome yeah we spoke we spoke to the pace of that one too I mean a lot of these games moving slow a lot of defense that's that's what you're seeing in the playoffs Let's move on to the best bets or all of our bets that we're going to have Tonight, the Thursday, so I guess that would include tomorrow night too. But uh, we don't think we have any bets on that game. Where's, where's our best bets? Where are they at? Oh, there well, they are. Hey, uh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, me and Josh on the Mavericks tonight, Alex and I are on the Raptors. I keep, I keep doing that to you, Josh. I don't know why I don't see it on your side. Alex, Josh, and I are all on the under in the 76ers and Raptors game tonight. I'm also on the under in the first quarter of the Mavs and Jazz. I'm, that one blew my mind. I'm not sure why the line is there or it is. Maybe something's going to happen. But a lot on the action on the board. Hopefully, we get a fully green night in our spreadsheet. And with that, guys, who says that three three regular dudes can't just run a show all week? Who, who says that? I mean, I I don't know. I, <laughs> I would I would also claim that we probably desperately need Kate Constable to come back. She's she's the she's the stability for this show. What do you think, Alex?
2: I would say the substitute hosts tried their best, but uh, each one of us definitely <laughs> flubbed something each day. So there oh, is definitely. a particular race and uh, to what Kate does every day, timing everything for the flips, remembering what everyone's names and picks are—it's you know, <laughs> it's tough, it's it's tough it's driving the bus, people.
1: Yeah, it's. it's I, a- I, I, I fully agree. I think I'm the biggest winner by not having to jump in the middle of the screen and take over her reins. That way, I save a little bit of uh, dignity, if you will.
0: I was going to say you're on the chopping block next time, Josh. It's your turn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> none of us—you know—it says a lot about Kate that it takes three of us dudes to just fulfill. So, Kate, we look forward to having you back. Happy Thursday and happy Friday, everybody, because we won't see you tomorrow. Until then, best of luck. Oh, and follow these guys, if you don't already. Follow Josh C. at pun underscore underscore school. Follow Alex at uh, noops, right, underscore noops? Underscore noops. And follow me at Farley Bats. Guys, we will check you next week. Good luck with all your best this weekend.